Hi, and welcome to episode 164 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Decatur, Georgia, just up the street from Betsy. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family here in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. Our goal of this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. And like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, anywhere I could find a recipe on the World Wide Web. We have everything, including our smorgasbord and tips, and a shopping list on our website at dinnersisters.com. So if you want to make one of these recipes, we have a list for you. Just go into Google, like a little Google Sheets, and, and there you go. Okay, Kate, this week's recipes were a pea pesto pasta from How to Feed a Loon, Kuku Sabsi from Simi Nosrat uh, in the New York Times, and a vegan risotto with miso and spring vegetables from The Minimalist Baker. You know, we always like to throw in like a vegetarian episode every now and then. I mean, you and I are pretty omnivorous, but I kind of eat a vegetarian meal fairly often, sometimes even without meaning to. It's just kind of how I eat. And so I thought we could get seasonal this episode and feature some spring vegetables, vegetarian, do the whole thing. Um, and <laughs> what ended up is that we uh, had a very green colored set of recipes this time around. Yeah, I loved last week's episode about eating the rainbow and getting more vegetables in, which was funny because I was like, ooh, we we certainly had a vegetarian mm-hmm. meal or a vegetarian week that was like green, green, green. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but this is a great follow up to that episode. And I agree, we just even every week, I think we have almost one, if not two vegetarian recipes that we're making, but it's nice to put all, you know, a full vegetarian together every now and then. For sure. So our first green recipe of this week is pea pesto pasta from How to Feed a Loon. I I don't know what it is about this time of year. Even when I've lived in places that it's not quite warm spring yet, I always want pesto. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. delicious is some pesto. Well, like that is not this is not the pesto season. Basil isn't seasonal right now. But I was like, oh, this felt like a good compromise between kind of seasonal eating and a craving. And so this is a bright green sauce. Loosely, you could call it pesto because the base is peas, but it's got the garlic, lemon zest, and Parmesan cheese and pine nuts blended all together and tossed with pasta. So I'd call it kind of pesto adjacent. To make it, you cook your peas. You mash some garlic into salt until you get a paste, which is a really great technique. Add the peas in to with some lightly toasted pine nuts, garlic, lemon zest, and Parmesan cheese. That gold goes in a food processor. You pulse it to start it up, just break things up a little bit, and then you add in olive oil to make a sauce. Toss it with your favorite pasta. He recommends fusilli, which is the spirals, and then more Parmesan cheese. That's it. It's it's got food processor sauce, which is kind of nice. How this uh, green noodle dinner go over, Betsy? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So I made penne pasta because that's what I had. I thought the peas had a very creamy consistency mm-hmm. in the sauce. Did you think that same thing? I think so too. It's kind of like when you make, um, I think we've done like dips with peas in it and that sturdiness mm-hmm. can really come through, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of, to me, felt more comfort food adjacent than I thought. And yeah. as I was eating it, I was like, oh, this would be kind of good if you're craving a mac and cheese. Oh, feeling 
more than even like a fresh pesto pasta. So to me, I was thinking because of the creaminess and it was like a little bit sweet, my peas were a little bit sweet. Mm -hmm. I think it depends on how much you loosen up because you loosen up with the pasta water at the end. And I did kind of find myself wishing I had saved a little bit more pasta water. So I'm not sure if mine was like a little extra thick, but either way, you know, it was good. Mm -hmm. And it did have that kind of like delicious, creamy pesto comfort food type of feel for me. That is really interesting you said it because I wrote in my notes, wish this had herbs because it definitely had more of like a head, like not a heavy in a bad way, but just, yeah, that creamy, it's, it is pesto and it's got that Parmesan cheese flavor and garlic. Mm -hmm. So if you're craving that great recipe for it. And, And yeah, I mean, I did, I have learned my lesson about pasta water and like always get a lot of it. Cause I'm yeah. just like sometimes, and I think the starches and the peas sometimes mean that you need a little extra water, but I mean, if it's thick, yeah, you know, no one was like, you know, was yeah. not, we had not ruined dinner here. Right. So it was <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. I feel like the sauce <laughs> is a li- could be loosened a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, and I think if you like want to reheat it too, this would be something that you would like throw a little water in in the microwave before you, you know, buzz it up. What I ended up doing, I halved the recipe. So, and I only made enough for one serving. And then I oh, interesting. Kept, yeah. And then I kept, I'm sorry, I only made enough pasta for one serving. Let me correct myself. So I really had a little pea pesto left over, which was a lot easier to reheat, like mm. make fresh noodles, toss it fresh, tastes a lot better than yeah. like reheating cooked noodles. No, no shame in that. If you're taking this to work or taking it somewhere, like it's delicious. Uh, but you know, just for, for FYI. And this fit in my mini food processor, which was also nice. Yeah. Yeah. What are you rating this? Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good question. Four to five. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I am too. I'm going to be at a four to five. My other kind of, um, I thought the recipe was solid. Mm-hmm. Again, I do. I think if you're really craving a pesto, I think this would be a little bit odd. Yes. Um, so keep that in mind. And my garlic was like a little bit hot and that really came through, which was, you know, that raw garlic. I mean, that is just my own little personal thing, but um, what happened to me, but I was like, Ooh, like a little hot garlic in these sweet peas. This is yeah. both comforting and a little hot. I know. I know. It's kind of keeping you, keeping you on your toes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't uh-huh. disagree. This is not something to eat. If you're craving pesto, I think you probably want to do. I've, I've seen like one of my favorites um, for this time of year is like uh, a walnuts and um, parsley pesto. Yes. Yeah, right. A yeah, yeah. little more mm-hmm. seasonal. And I think if you want to do something like that, that go that direction with like an herb piece but uh yeah anyway if you're looking for like a comfort food kind of pasta that's a little bit fresher and Mm -hmm. has some veg this is a good way to go for sure for sure okay our second recipe is cuckoo sabzi from Samin Nosrat in the New York Times so tell us what this is Kate right so disclaimer this is one of Kate's project recipes Uh uh-huh I couldn't help myself Samin Nosrat super fan. I've wanted to make this for ages. I had my eye on it and I was like, this is the perfect time to sneak it in. Basically, this is like, it is a frittata-ish adjacent recipe. So it is so many herbs barely held together with eggs. So I think a frittata, you think of like some vegetables, 
lots of eggs. This is like flipped. You're only mm-hmm. putting enough. You're chopping up herbs really, really finely and then putting eggs in it just to bind the herbs together. So it is bright green and like an herb frittata is the best way of putting this. So to make this, you need to finely chop a pound each <laughs> of a lot. dill. A lot. It ends up being a lot. Dill, parsley, and cilantro. You finely dice a big leek and a couple leaves of romaine lettuce. And what you do is you cook the leeks first in a healthy amount of olive oil, which is a theme for this entire recipe, by the way, Mm -hmm. until it's nice and soft. And then you add in your finely chopped herbs, lettuce, dried fenugreek, and dried dill. Saute that until it's bright green. It only takes like five minutes. And then you put it in a big bowl and let it cool to room temperature. When it is room temperature, you're going to add in some turmeric barberries, which are kind of like in the flavor. They look about the size of currants. But they are tart like cranberries. Dragon mm-hmm. berries. That, you know, that's kind of I'm about as descriptive as I can get. Um, add that in, a little bit of baking powder and salt. And then mix that all up. And then you crack an egg into that whole mixture and stir. And then add another egg and stir. And you're trying to only add enough eggs until the mixture comes together. Because you're looking to have it be just this bright green. Too many eggs in there, you're going to start seeing the egg instead of the herbs, if that makes sense. So now you got to make this, this for to this kukusabzi. So what you do is you add butter and olive oil back into your pan and then the egg and herb mixture when it's nice and hot. And you kind of like push at the sides of the, the frittata until it doesn't stick. You know, you want to be, you're going to be able to flip this and then you rotate the pan. So it cooks evenly until everything is a deep brown. And this is where things get nuts. And Betsy, you and I <laughs> did this together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It got it. The project part of the project really kicked in right about that. Sure time. did. So the first thing you want to do is you're going to drain the oil out of your pan into a bowl. And then you're going to put a platter of pizza pan on top of your saute pan and then flip the whole thing over and then slide it back into the pan. So you're cooking the uncooked side. If that makes sense. You're reversing things. Then you're going to go back to that platter, put paper towels on the tray, and you're going to flip the cuckoo sauce onto the platter again to get all this excess oil. Dab the oil from the top, and then you can either flip it again, which we chose not to do because we're like, I can't, I can't take the stress. Too much flipping. Of flipping it. I know. It's a lot of flipping. I think you just have to be practiced. Mm-hmm. Or you can pull the towels out, which worked for us. But I mean, it's obvious now that you and I did this together. So like, what are, what are your thoughts? So I did think this was a fun project thing to make together, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not, except for the flipping. Yeah. Which does just get a little risky feeling. It's not. Yeah complicated but you're like oh I hope I don't drop this on the floor as we flip or something you know um it's fairly simple ingredients especially if you have an herb garden and you Mm -hmm. just are wanting to use a lot of herbs like I went here to the DeKalb Farmer's Market in Atlanta and was able to get just huge bunches of herbs inexpensively so you Mm -hmm. want to go that route like don't yeah you know don't buy the like five sprigs of um, oh, dill for four ninety nine or something when that's yeah. the season for it. I, the other thing is the fenugreek, Kate. I have a lot of that. I have more than I've ever seen. Oh, I have so much. <laughs> um, so this is a good recipe to use that in too. Like there's just some things that it used up, which I was happy about. I mean, it's really, really delicious. Yes. We, I mean, both of us, you know, it's going to be good because I mean, 
Nusrat says it's going to be good. So you know that that's the truth. But when you look at it, we were a little bit afraid we got it kind of too dark, which we really didn't. And I, I wonder if this is just going to taste like a mouthful of herbs or no. if this is going to be delicious. And it just, it was, it was so good. Yeah. I mean, it was a production. At mm-hmm. one point I was laughing be- really hard because I was like, the slipping is out of control. I did think we burned it. I was like, oh man, all this, all this. And we burned mm-hmm. it. We not. And she was right. I mean, somebody knows her. Always right. She's like, if it looks dark, it just means it's sweeter. I'm like, oh, does it really though? No. Yeah. Amazing. Both of our first bites were like, holy man, this is so good. And she recommends serving it with some Persian cu- cucumber yogurt. We ended up not doing that, but we did have some like herbs yogurt that we kind of served on the side. We had with some salmon that you baked, which was really good. Um, we did end up not hand chopping and chopped the herbs in the mini food processor, which worked fine. But I do think if you want really smooth herbs, you probably want to try the hand chopping. Yeah, I agree because we, so we thought we would uh, like, we thought it might be efficient or, you know, mm-hmm. have a little food processor out and it just, I think we both agree that that kind of, sometimes you just get the stringy. It just, yeah, I don't know, uh, wasn't as efficient as we thought it was going to be. Cause then we had to pick it all off the woody stems anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think just a, just a meditative chopping of the herbs. Yeah. I do think this would be an amazing brunch dish, like oh, make yeah. this right. And then serve it with a big thing of salmon. I just, I, it was amazing. Um, kids were not as obsessed with it. Right. Um, right. But you know what? That's their loss. For me, this was a five out of five. Oh, me too. And mm-hmm. I had seen this on Instagram and like, I had seen her post this and probably other people post this as well. So it was fun to finally make it and see what all the fuss was about. For sure. All right. Vegan risotto with miso and spring vegetables from Minimalist Baker is our last recipe of the day. Yeah. So this recipe just sounded light, springy. I don't mind making vegan thing making vegan things every so often because I feel like there's people with dairy issues or people who are vegan. Um, so why not try out some of these recipes? And I was like, miso, that might be super delicious. And I always have some in the fridge. So it's nice to get another use out of it. And it makes it nice and savory and kind of umami, which is always good. So to make this, you dissolve miso into warm water and keep that warm on the stove like your broth. So it's about five cups of miso. Then you saute some asparagus and shiitake mushrooms, set those aside. Then you add a bunch of garlic to the pan, about six cloves, and arboreal rice. Stir that all to coat and then add in a half cup of white wine. Cook that down. So you're making just a traditional risotto. But the difference is, is that you've got miso broth. Ladle in slowly, a little bit at a time to help the grains of rice absorb the liquid. And when it's done, it should be kind of loose, but and the rice grains have a little bit of bite, um, but it's still creamy and delicious. And then when that rice is finished, you add in your asparagus, mushrooms, and peas. Just cook until the peas have been heated through. And since this is vegan, you can serve it with vegan Parmesan or regular if you have it, which I did. <laughs> so Betsy, how'd you like this? I, I thought it was good. I It was not like the herb frittata, I was like, whoa, I'm so mm-hmm. just surprised by how the simple yeah. these ingredients came together. And it just felt very surprising how good it was. This was more of one of those like, 
okay, this is delicious. This kind mm. of is what I expected. You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. I like this solid meal, comfort food again. I did use regular Parmesan in it at the end. Sure. And I also had just bought regular kind of button mushrooms. So I didn't use the shiitakes. I thought it was delicious. Made it for lunch. You know, we've made quite a few risottos, Kate. I'm noticing. Yeah. Um, That's You true. must be a, a risotto fan. I, uh, do, I do love a risotto. Yeah. I do. I yeah. do. This, the miso was just a nice touch, I thought. Mm-hmm. Kind of just a little bit of a different variation. Could see in, like you did, button mushrooms or just any mushrooms that are kind of on sale. I have a friend who just inoculated some logs with spores. So yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you're growing your own, <laughs> this might be a fun way to do it. Um, yeah, I just like having recipes that remind me different ways to use some of my fridge staples. And miso is one of those things that I buy and maybe don't use often enough um, in different things. And so this is just a different way to doing it. It's still risotto. So if you are especially hungry, I might add some tofu on the side or maybe a big salad. Yeah, but still, this is four to five. It was solid directions and pretty good. Yeah, I same here. I will say I do not usually keep miso in my fridge, but now I have a big tub of it. Um, <laughs> so... So we'll need to, I'll need to uh, go figure out what else to do. <laughs> make well, uh, yeah, make some soups or you know what? There is a, I, there is a cookie recipe from a bakery in Providence and they would make a miso brown butter cookie. Oh, it was like hmm. the savory kind of, I think it was like chocolate chips. I don't know. Providence people from North Bakery. They had this miso. I think it was a miso cookie. Um, so maybe we'll find a recipe like that. Who knows? That'd be good. Yes. So I do agree though. It is nice. It is always nice to have different ways to use up those, um, those ingredients that sit in your fridge for a little bit or in your pantry. Mm -hmm. So nice find. Okay. What was your favorite on the week? Definitely the cuckoosopsy. I mean, the flipping was intense. It was a little touch and go, but it was so good. I agree, Kate. It was just, it was one of those things that I'm glad we were like in a great mood. We had a really fun time making it. And again, it's just, if you have access to inexpensive herbs or your herb garden, this Mm -hmm. becomes a really affordable project, impressive thing to do, which is fun, right? For sure. I think now is the time of year where if you do have farmer's markets going or soon in a couple, in a month or two, when farmer's markets do start, herbs are the first thing that are out there. And sometimes you go like <laughs> bananas being like, oh my gosh, these herbs look so delicious. And then you've got lots of herbs. Mm-hmm. Well, if any of these recipes sound good or you have a large herb garden, make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at dinnersisters.com. We've got links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we talked about. And if you want to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. We are at Dinner Sisters Podcast. There, I am sure someone will help me solve the mystery of this miso cookie. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested in that now (laughs) that I have miso in my fridge. Okay. On the smorgasbord today, we are going to continue talking about herbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Betsy, I wanted to keep talking about herbs because I feel like you have come up with such a great thing to keep in your fridge that has just inspired you to eat more veggies, which I think we're all into. Yeah. Not difficult, but it has really kept me happy this spring which is just getting a bunch of herbs and mixing it into just some yogurt. And I toss this up. Sometimes I do the Greek yogurt. Sometimes I do the regular plain yogurt, always plain. Uh, Yeah. Strawberry. Yeah. Uh, For a savory fresh veggie dip. 
Right. So last week we heard Farmer Lee Jones talk about eating veggies that aren't cooked for the Mm -hmm. best nutrition value. Right. Right. Which is, which is always great. And I kind of, you kind of know these things, but then you sort of forget them and you're not really, yeah. So this, having this herbed yogurt in my kind of dip in my uh, fridge, Mm -hmm. I've been cutting up veggies and then I take out my dip and my veggies and I use that as a snack and I just keep it all. And we save the to-go containers from, you know, like takeout food or whatever. So I was just used the little, um, one of my little, the pint go things, a pint. Yeah. And I make that at the beginning of the week. And then I find myself eating more fresh veggies because I have a delicious dip to go with it. And it is not like sour cream based. So, right. And I think it's like a delicious, it's like a decent amount of protein. So I, I've been doing the same thing. You, you feel a little more full after it than if you just like eat a handful of baby carrots, you know? Yeah, exactly. That was my problem is that I just, it would eat that. And then I would just want to go snack on something else. Cause it was not really, but I mm-hmm. feel like if I pair it with the, with the yogurt dip, then I can put all the snacks away for a little bit and be fine. <laughs> right. And get some, get some veggies in your life. I actually uh-huh. saw a uh, food 52 has a green goddess dressing recipe that mm-hmm. you could also like. So what you do when I see you make it is like, it's about a pint of that yogurt and then just a couple handfuls of herbs that you want to eat that day for that week. Yeah. And I also shake in some salt. Right. Yeah. Which is key because otherwise it tastes kind of flat. So yours is real simple. Food 52 one, um, which I did because I was like, well, let's see. Let's try another version. Let's um, make this complicated. I know. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> like, you know what? That sounds too easy and simple. What would happen if I added some other things? Yeah. Um, they do like um, a spring a scallion a little garlic. Theirs is olive oil, but I sometimes skip that. And then just your, your yogurt and it's similar, but you know, obviously yeah. more complicated, but I will say whatever version you do, cause I've done the herb yogurt, which I think is actually like, <laughs> if you think of like return on investment, the herb yogurt is the clear winner here. Cause <laughs> they both say, yeah, there's yeah. not much that no. goes into preparing that. Sure. Isn't. Yeah. I eat many more veggies. I'm at home working. And so like, it is, it's fun to snack on Cheetos all day, but it sure doesn't make me feel good. So this is like one of those things. that's just like a nice, nice deal to have in the fridge and thought we'd share with our listeners. Yes, we have some other herby recipes too that we've done in the past. So, so the Bon Me salad, Kate, mm-hmm. is, has been kind of a perennial fan favorite. It was a real early episode. We'll link it up in the show notes. But it's kind of a deconstructed Bon Me salad that's made with, or Bon Me sandwich. It's made into a salad, a platter salad with so a drizzle sauce ugh. and. So good. A ton of cilantro, mm-hmm. um, tofu, pickled carrots, and then um, cubes of bread. It's so delicious. And it's just very herby and so good. We've done a plenty of other herby recipes that we'll link in our show notes. So you can go check those out. And then I wanted to say, hilariously, two years ago, I was looking to see, sometimes I'll like, oh, maybe we should talk about previous episodes and remind people what's up there. And <laughs> two years ago, this week, Betsy, we also did a vegetarian episode, episode eight. Kate, you have some like weird little ticking clock in the back of your head. I, I swear this stuff happens. I don't know what that means. 
The second week of May feels like a vegetarian episode to me. It feels very vegetarian (laughs) to me. I know. So, um, although I will say the, the one under quarantine is much less herby. So like, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, uh, a lot of canned beans. Um, so I thought, let's not revisit that. Let's go back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, but episode eight is chickpea shawarma, which I know you like. I do. And that's another fan favorite. That one comes up a lot as people in the Facebook group is something people love to make. Yeah. Great one. General So's tofu, which mm-hmm. I have forever is really good. And stewed giant lima beans. Also delicious. Also delicious. And I was like, oh, that's a yeah. good one. So episode eight, we'll link in the show notes um, if any of those sound good to you. Okay, Kate, our final topic on the smorgasbord today is an important, uh, I guess we'll call it a scheduling issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we have decided to take a little hiatus post-COVID to give ourselves a little bit of time to do some planning and take a little bit of a break so we can come back refreshed. And refreshed. Yeah, I think, you know, like everything over COVID and um, quarantine, we, first of all, like, cannot imagine how we would have gotten through this without our listeners and without this podcast. It was just such a fun, bright spot. And certainly taking this hiatus does not mean that we're um, going anywhere. That's for sure. But we did think, gosh, what a great time to regroup Think about what the Dinner Sisters want to do next and also plan some fun stuff for the future. So uh, we are going to have our last recorded episode of this season. We'll call it May 30th. And our our first episode after hiatus will be August 1st. So we're kind of taking a summer break. I'm going to go. We have some family trips planned. We're going back up to Wisconsin. I'm going to go... Um, who knows? The world is our oyster. Now that you we're back. have a lot of travel in June, too. I mean, we realized Kate's like footloose and fancy free over here, too. Um, living so, her best life, which is great. Living her best life. We were going to shoot the hooch, shoot, do the Chattahoochee River um, as a family, too. So we've got some things planned to kind of relax, reconnect, and also um, think about what we want the Dinner Sisters to do. And so, yeah, if you have any ideas... A, for fun things for us to do during hiatus, or B, things you'd like to see the Dinner Sisters do next, you know where to find us on Facebook or Instagram, or you can always send us an email. Love to hear from you. But don't worry, we've got two more episodes left before hiatus, and um, we'll be talking to you then. Coming up next week, we have flatbreads. Yes, so be prepared for a generous interpretation of the term. I had recipes that I wanted to make, and I was like, I think they can all be loosely called flatbreads. So that's what it is. Oh, interesting. Cannot Uh, wait to see what that means. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's it for dinner this week. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes and other fun stuff. If you have some dinner ideas, you can always send us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. That's how people get to know us. Thanks and happy eating. <laughs> <laughs>